Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to the last A Little Wiser episode of season three of the All The Wiser podcast. And my very esteemed co-host who I totally roped into this job Christy Peterson is here with us. Hi, Christy. Hi, Kimmy. Happily roped, happily roped in. Sometimes not as happy, but for the most part. Yeah, we're going to reflect on that at the end. Mm -hmm. We're going to share some things with the listeners. So, hey, this is a little bit sad, bittersweet because I love doing these conversations with you. And yeah, they're just fun and meaningful to me. So the last interview was Chris Heron. And then we're going to talk about that. And then we'll wrap up. And then we will share with you guys a little bit about what is to come. So Chris Heron, bringing it home for us. Mm -hmm. Addiction, heroin, opioids, NBA, insane pressure to be excellent. When he talked about being in the small town and sort of Almost like the happiness and the pride of the town came down to how he performed at the basketball game. Like there was that much pressure on him. And so anyways, in the interview, he really connects the dots, that pressure and just the whole focus being on his performance and his abilities of an athlete and not being fully seen as a person who was, you know, just struggling with being human and that he kind of puts together the pieces of the puzzle that that is what led to this gnarly addiction that was like $20,000 a day. Mm. But, you know, now he has taken his message and he's a very accomplished speaker. He travels all over the world and speaks to teenagers. And I think the thing that struck a chord with both of us and already with listeners was teens kind of numbing out on drugs and alcohol early because of self-esteem, self-worth, pressure, all of these things that are like happening societally and within our homes and the potential long-term consequences, ramifications for their you know future, for addiction, for mental health, for all of it. Mm-hmm. And then I think the bigger human conversation, celebrating people and validating them for their success, hyper-focusing on that versus kind of seeing people for who they are, which is human beings who are Mm -hmm. multifaceted, who who struggle and suffer, even if they're all American athletes who are crushing it. That was my very quick synopsis. So what did you think? Well, he has an incredibly compelling story. It's, I mean, just fascinating to listen to, but the part where I was like, ooh, you have me. I am all ears. When he talks about his now his career and the people that he speaks with, largely teens, and his real desire to communicate with teens about performance and drug addiction, alcohol use, all of those things, and as a parent of teens, and also just as a person in our world who's interested in the health and wellness of teens today, I was like, ooh, I am all ears. What do you have to tell me? What can we learn? What can we know? So I thought it was a great story. Well, I think what he said was like 
parents get it wrong. So your kid comes home and they're... Yes, this was my favorite part of the interview. You're about to say it. Sorry. Yes. I loved it. I thought it was good. Your parents come home and like you're drunk in high school. Mm Mm-hmm. Or you're Kimmy and Christy and you're in high school and Kimmy's having a cake party and <laughs> Christy's dad walks dad in because <laughs> she forgot her keys and Kimmy was, I don't know, probably doing a keg stand. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Chris should have spoken at our high school <laughs> <laughs> when your dad busted my cake I party. Know. God, I still will never forget that. And I will not. Really, everybody was like, whoosh, beers behind the back. Beers so behind fast. the back. Yes. So... In that situation, Bill Curtis, I love you, and I'm sorry about that night. So in that situation, take you back, right? We were all teenagers. We were there. Many people listening may have, you know, teenagers now. Somebody comes home. It's the first time or whatever, the first time you know about it, and they've been drinking or they're high, You whatever. These things happen, right? As kids are introduced to different substances as they grow up in high school and college. And... I think he was so crystal clear on what 95% of people do, which is where'd you get it? Who were you with? Sort of like this drilling of like what, where, and the actual critical question is why. And what he said was, here's a kid who's again, an all-American athlete recruited by every college in the country, you know, doing sports illustrated. Sports illustrated? Yes. Thank you. you. Yes. Uh Mm -hmm. I'm here. (laughs) So he's all of this, right? Massive star. But he said, I literally didn't have the self-esteem to chat with four kids at a party in a basement. You know, all this performance on the court. And so why he turned to drugs and turning to alcohol was because he felt really insecure and his self-esteem and he didn't fit in and he didn't have a sense of belonging. So I think the question of why is getting to the root of Was it pressure? Did you have social anxiety? You know, why? Getting to the root of the why. And I guess the the why may be just something like, I'm curious or, you know, I wanted to experiment. Mm -hmm. Like it may not be something, but my guess is 50% of the time it is a thing. Like Mm -hmm. I don't feel comfortable in my skin or I don't feel like I fit in and I just want to belong. And like now you have a conversation, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. I actually wrote that down. Ask why. All the details. Who was there? How'd you get it? What happened? Just to ask that question why. And what's interesting is that he then said, you know what I really, my hope is for kids is that we want to raise kids who have the self-esteem to get through the night without drinking and without drugs and alcohol. And I thought, huh, that's interesting. So clearly for him, again, going back to what he said earlier is that self-esteem, that sense of being comfortable in his own skin around other people was his why, why he did drink. But I can imagine having a conversation with one of my daughters and she is curious as all get out. And I am telling you, I could just imagine her saying, well, like, I really was curious. I wanted to know what it tasted like. I wanted to know what it smelled like. She even told me recently about seeing somebody with a vape pen and she's like, I think it was a vape pen or there was some sort of exchange. And she's like, I just wanted to say like, hey, can I just... (laughs) can I just look at it? Can I just smell it? She just was super curious and wanting to know more about it. So that also might be a drive. And I think it's important to get clear about why it is. And it's probably not just one why, but to your point, that's a conversation starter. Yeah. And I think the more we can have open and honest conversations about hard things about, you know what I mean? Like not have it be so black or white, but just get 
curious about their why, because maybe that leads us to learn something new about their inner world and their inner being, especially if they're suffering, right? And that is the impetus and the why, and you get that moment from instead of interrogating, getting curious. Mm -hmm. But the other message, which I think is universal, because at one point we were all kids, is this idea of like seeking affirmation from the world and from our parents and how and why we celebrate people. And so often Mm -hmm. it is based on success, performance, accolades. And like now more than ever in this Instagram, you know, kind of social media world and how ultimately damaging that was for him to be seen in such a one-dimensional way because nobody looked at any of the other pieces and a lot of the other pieces were really broken and struggling, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that that was the the second piece of listening to the interview that I thought was such an interesting question. In addition to asking your kid why, I really had to really pause and think, why is it that my kid's success or failure has such an impact on my own happiness? I'm, I'm like kind of ashamed to admit that. You feel successful. I do, yes. It's like their own success somehow. Yeah, reflects upon me and my yes, superior parenting. And I, as I'm saying these words, I'm cringing and like, that's complete inaccuracy and bullshit. So any case, I thought his, his point about he knew when he played well, that his family was happier. I could feel some truth to that in my own life. And the question of why it is when our people, their success or failure can have such a reflection upon us. Yeah, we celebrate success, we celebrate excellence. And I don't think it has to be in the absence of like striving for that. There's Mm -hmm. nothing wrong with pursuing excellence, right? Like I deeply value hard work and goals and the pursuit of of goals and, and dreams and, you know, doing things well. But I think where we get lost is being a so like silo focused on that. Yes, I think, well, I think it's like any endeavor that we do is how do we become more expansive about the definition of success? Actually, that's really what it's about. So if success means I get the promotion, I am the number one, whatever it is, then that's a pretty narrow, limited view of success when it could look more like, what was my growth arc? What did I learn? What connections did I make? What new areas have I learned about? Like, There's just so much more to the things that we pursue. You know, the interesting thing in interviewing Chris was like how we identify people as I'm saying this. Like, I was like, it's kind of fascinating, right? If you talk to an NBA athlete or NFL, any you know professional sport for that matter, male or female, like it's super fascinating. And I had so many questions about basketball and NBA and like kind of like the problem, right? Like, and it was really interesting because I kept asking questions about the basketball narrative because, you know, I think it's interesting to have a professional athlete on the show and Rich storytelling often takes you into worlds where you could never go otherwise. And one of those is certainly, you know, an NBA locker room. So I was curious to go there with him. And I feel like he had no interest. Oh, really? <laughs> really? That's funny because I don't think I don't think that you talked about it too much in the interview, but that because makes sense. Because he wouldn't answer. He would, you know, I get your curiosity because he had a window into a world that how many people can speak to the experience of being an NBA player. And I totally get his point, which is like, that is not me. I am so much more than the NBA player. And that was what led to being defined only by that performance piece is what led to 
my addiction and wanting to see as a more complex person and all of that piece. But I would be curious too. <laughs> like, tell me more. I want to know what it was like, especially when from Boston, that killer Boston accent and then returning to play for the Celtics. I mean, that must've been a moment. Yeah. And then like the Boston Herald like runs like, what a shame with a yes. picture of him ODing and Dunkin' Donuts and he's a yeah. hometown hero. Yeah. But I, you know, I think that's true of people who are famous. They're seen and known for one thing, which must be really frustrating, especially when they're trying to like build their life's work, right? Around a different. Mm. But I think the trap with kids, right? Especially if you have a kid who's really accomplished, is the same thing. Just focusing on, oh, he's the star athlete. He's this, he's this. You know, all the conversation in the home is around his or her performance. Yeah. But I was just thinking to myself, as you were saying that equally challenging or equally different is this drive to want our kids to be that excellent performer. And not everybody can. You just like full stop. There can't be that many people who are. And so I think too, again, listening to his interview, I think he wanted to be seen as more than just that. He was very excellent. You know, what I said in my newsletter is what he's learned or... I loved your newsletter. Just a plug. Thank you. I did. I really, I guess I loved reading it. I think that as he talks to teens, what he's found is they really want you to just see into the beating heart of who they are as humans. And that is about asking why when they come home to see who they are. Are they struggling? Are they suffering? Or is it just curiosity? And when they are under pressure, whether they're performing at a high level or not, to see them as the beating heart and the human of who they are. So I think that in the end is is really his message. And It's a beautiful message because it relates to all of us. Yeah. And I think it's especially poignant when you think about these, I keep saying little people and little bodies, but they're trying to figure out who they are. They're in the process of becoming. And I think the success or the pressure that we, as a grown ass woman at 45 that I put on myself, you know, if I was, when I think back at those younger years, they're still trying to figure out who they are. What are they going to be? What do they stand for? How are they going to be? And I think to throw on the pressure to achieve and to be really excellent is just, it's hard. Speaking of excellent, (laughs) you have done an excellent job. And I want to give you a huge shout out because you have no experience in media (laughs) podcasting or, and I convinced you to co-host these episodes and talk about Brave and Courageous to do something that was so far out of your comfort zone. And you are somebody who I know you well, you expect excellence of yourself. So I asked you to do something out of your comfort zone that you had no experience doing. And you took a risk and went for it. And you've had to work really hard. And I'm just proud of you. Mm. I see into the beating heart of who you are. (laughs) (laughs) I feel seen. I feel seen, Kimmy. Thank you. Well, I just, I feel, I will say thank you. And it has been a real growth opportunity for me. Again, referring back to the 45-year-old woman um, who still has opportunity to grow and to be okay with, wow, that felt really good. Or "Mm, that one was a little bit tricky. But I think returning back to sort of that why is I'm still so intrigued and interested in this idea of how do you take these wonderful stories this inspiration, the lessons, and apply them into our own lives. And I feel like that piece, that coming back to that why gives me the the boost to figure out clean feed, (laughs) to tolerate listening to my voice, and all of that because I'm just so 
interested, truly interested and have such a strong desire to talk about these things and to figure out how do we, you know, these people who have these great lessons that they have learned, how do we then bring them into our own life so that we can live with a little bit more ease, a little bit more compassion, a more well-being, my favorite word. So thank you for the opportunity. One of the things that I've loved is that we talk a lot. Yes, it's been such a gift. And I think you just said it so eloquently and from your heart about, you know, we kept playing with this idea of like story and science, right? These stories are so powerful and there's so many lessons, but how can we take it a step further? Like how can people bring it into their lives, but Mm -hmm. not just in a way that's haphazard or that's rooted in actions and applications and things that actually work and make meaningful change. So like if you can be inspired and entertained by a story that we tell in this podcast, but you and I together can take the conversation further and how people apply it or think about it in their own lives. Like this is an evolving process. I should say we are figuring out this format in this show. And I keep saying this is the end of season four. This is the end of season three. And season four is going to be so good. You're not even going to know what to say about it. Just setting some expectations of excellence. (laughs) Of excellence. Okay. I'm going to be looking to you to perform. But that is why we're doing what we're doing. And you guys are with us as we're figuring it out. And that's kind of cool, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, we're going to dream up some new ways of trying to tackle this piece of story and science and conversations. We will be back. Yeah. So yeah, we're getting ready to wind down as we roll into summer and take a break, which won't be a break because we are going really big for the fourth season, already working on shows and, you know, going to be bringing new content. And tell me um, before, I'm so excited about season four and learning more about that, but tell me about this. I saw at the end of your newsletter that asked me anything. I didn't know you were doing that. I love that idea. Sure. How about we'll practice it? You get to ask me anything and that's how we'll end. As a teaser for Ask Me Anything. Okay, so Ask Me Anything. May is Mental Health Awareness Month and I'm mentally ill. (laughs) And I shouldn't laugh at that. But yes, I have a sense of humor about almost everything in life. And so I believe that when we are open and honest, other people feel less alone. Mm -hmm. And it also helps break the stigma and sort of normalizes it. So people don't have to feel ashamed or isolated because dealing with mental health is hard on its own. So I'm just trying to be as brave as I can and as honest as I can. And it's scary, but I thought if there's a month to talk openly about mental health and I have a platform, I should participate in it. Hmm. And so we're going to end the season in that way. And and me just being really open and honest and raw and vulnerable. Talk about courageous. I know that it doesn't come easy for you to talk about your experience with bipolar, but you have such a strong desire to bring the conversation out into the world so that we can have more people, more experiences, more ways of understanding bipolar in particular and then other mental illness. So kudos to you. I think it's such a great idea. Thank you. And today, you and I are recording this, but this is going to air on Wednesday, May 4th, which is the last day to submit questions. So this is a good time. If you're listening to this on Wednesday, May 4th, you can DM us on Instagram at All The Wiser Podcast. You can email us at hello at All The Wiser Podcast, or you can call, and I like saying this number, 833-326-8623. 
It's in the show notes. So we will wrap as a teaser to ask me anything. And I hope you will. And if you're going to, today is the day, if it's May 4th and you're listening. So please, please ask me. I would love to hear your question. And we will end this by Christy, you asking me a question and it's May, so I'll answer it. Okay, let's see. So we didn't pre-plan this. So I'm just going to say you made a comment about side effect of your medication. So that's where my brain just went. What is the most, I want to say challenging side effect from your medication? And what's the other one that maybe just makes you laugh? If there's anything, since I know you bring humor to so many parts of your life. I've had all sorts of crazy side effects to medication. I had one where my vision would go and it was really bad. Like I was driving in the mountains and like I couldn't see and had to pull over because I was really, really struggling at that time in my 20s and not doing well. And they were just trying lots of medications that were... I mean, I like was impacting my vision. It was scary. So the speech thing, which is funny because that is definitely, I have like a lisp and trip on words and it's a medication that I'll be on for the rest of my life. So I've just kind of learned to deal with it. Hmm. You'll laugh at this one, um, dehydration. I'm. <laughs> you have no idea how many beverages she drinks in a day. It's amazing. So I constantly have like yes. a water, a tea, a coffee. Mm-hmm. A, it just leaves me, I feel every day, no matter what, like it's I'm just parched. It, yes. And it's, it's, mm. and then the one that I take at night makes me really sleepy. And sometimes I get really sad because I take it and then something will happen with the kids where I like want to read a book or deal with the thing. And I've had this conversation with Graham many times, but like, I'm like, I have to sleep through the night. I have to take this medication at the same time every day. And it really does like, you know, take me out of being in the thick of things. Hmm. And there are some side effects for you. That's That was a great answer Mm -hmm. for something just on the spot. No, so there was an example. I hope you will... Yeah, super interesting. Ask me something that you're curious about. Or more importantly, ask me something that you think will be helpful to other people. All right, well, this is a wrap to season three and it has been a pleasure to be with you Christy and with everyone who shows up and listens to us yes we know you are real people out there giving us your time which is precious and we're super super grateful and we look forward to coming back better than ever in the fall yeah all right yeah thank you okay love you love you too bye bye Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.